trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with J.L. Terrell A trans-Ohio writer and humorist who is currently living in Akron with her chosen family, and excerpts from her novel, The Tales of Victoria, can be found at statestreetnews.com. On January 24, 2024, the Ohio Senate voted to overrule Governor Mike DeWine's veto of House Bill 68, which will, according to the Ohio Capitol Journal, block gender-affirming care for trans youth, and prevent transgender athletes from playing women's sports. The bill prohibits transgender youth from starting hormone therapy and puberty blockers. Gender-affirming care is supported by every major medical organization in the United States. Children's hospitals across Ohio, the Ohio Children's Hospital Association, and the Ohio Academy of Family Physicians all opposed HB 68. Note Ohio Children's Hospital performs gender-affirming surgery on patients under 18 currently. So you were there at the Senate session with your adopted trans daughter and partner, and we heard the myopic statements of State Senator Christina Rogner of Hudson, Ohio. She's a Republican. Quote, there are men and there are women and there are boys and there are girls and they are different. Gender is not fluid. There is no such thing as a gender spectrum. And they passed HB 68, 24 to 8. It will go into effect likely on April 23. And here you are, JL. Talk about your experience that day. Well, first of all, good morning, Carolyn, or good afternoon. And it's wonderful to be with you. And that was the first day I met you. And you are fierce and strong. And I instantly loved you. So thank you for having me in that day and having me again today. Speaking, if you wanted to speak about that particular session, that woman that you're referring to, I don't even know her name and don't tell me I don't want to know, was hateful. And everything she said was wrong. Everything she said, there are, it is a spectrum there are many, many choices on the, of the rainbow, many colors and flavors. And it was just offensive to hear her speak, just offensive. And if you wanted to talk about transgender people in sports, I I'm, don't have, I'm not the right person. I, I've heard that Technically, clinically, there is no real advantage to being born male and playing a female sport if you transition to being a female. And I don't think there are people that are pretending to be female to win contests, but I, I'm not, don't have the facts, I don't have the science, and it's not my argument. Right. I don't think anyone anywhere is performing gender surgery on minors and it's absurd and it's it's doesn't even deserve further conversation so to me the important thing here is the puberty blockers if a person is born in the wrong body a man is born in a female body he will start to develop breasts at puberty 
and then we'll have to have them surgically removed. Uh, surgically removed. And that could be prevented. A woman will, will grow a beard and she will have to have laser surgery. And it's just, there's worse, you know, muscle mass and height and things she doesn't want. And so this can be corrected. And it is being corrected in trans youth today that look handsome and beautiful young children. So it's just wrong, wrong, wrong. And I hope they get buried up to here immediately with lawsuits. Yeah, ACLU has just announced that they are going to have legal action against this bill. So that's good news. Why don't you tell us your story? A lot of folks are unfamiliar and need and need to know more trans folk in Ohio. Absolutely. And that tell us a little is, bit about your, your life. Well, I would love to. And that is the key to understanding education and, and awareness. So... And I have probably a completely typical story, but in parts of it, I'm sure you will shudder. I was born in a log cabin. No, that was somebody else. I was born in 1954, before transgenderism is a thing. And they, at that time, they were locking up gay men in prison, firing them from their jobs, hospitalizing them lobotomizing them and killing them. So it was, I say, the dark ages. It was. And, um, well, now my first memory of being different was when I was about three. And my mother said to me, you can't remember when you're three. People don't, and I do. So I don't know why, but I do. And I was in my basement with my sister, playing dress up and there was a big old laundry tub of clothes and we would play dress up and I we both put on my mother's clothes and my mother and father came down the basement steps and he said what's he doing and she said well he's just putting on and he didn't like that so he took me the next day maybe not the next day but in my memory the next day he had one of those blow up balloon punching bags that you with sand in the bottom you punch in it comes back up you know a clown and he put little gloves on my hands and he tied them up and he put me in front of him and said punch it and i'm like well now that clown didn't do anything to me <laughs> so i punched it and it went back and hit the ground and came up and hit me in the face and i stood there and cried and well that was the end of that <laughs> so that was that now um he left he and i don't know if it, i a psychiatrist would say you know the parents splitting up isn't the child it's not the child so i'm hoping it's not me i think my mother just drove him crazy but he left so my mother raised me and my sister as a single mom and we lived in parma ohio lily white and she was a bitter, fierce, racist. She would drop the N-word and tell jokes and do all the nasty things and make comments about people. And one time she said about the people in, in, in this house over there, she said, well, they're N blank. You know what I'm saying. And I said, mom, they're from India. And she said, well, they're still black. So see, that was her 
And then she would say about TV, and she'd say this one or that one. Oh, he's a fag. And she would say it like that. He's a fag. And so obviously a fag is something that's really, really bad. So, uh, and she tried to butch me up. <laughs> you know, he tried to butch me up. And she was a horrible drunk. And she was, uh, I'm sure she was a, a self-appointed member of the uh, Rat Pack, you know, Frank and Sammy and Dean. And she kept the party going in Parma in case they should come by. And so my life was filled with all-night parties and going to school in the morning un, uh, unwashed, unfed, and wearing the same clothes I was wearing. And today, the teachers and the counselor wouldn't stand for such a thing. But back then, that was the family's business. So there was no intervention of any kind. Well, I just did the best I could, but I had to choose my role models. So I chose... I kind of chose for my father figure, James Bond and <laughs> Howard Hughes. No, Hugh Hefner. Now, those <laughs> are some bad choices. Today, back then they were men's men, but today they were kind of kind of creepy. James Bond commits rape or sexual assault in the first 10 minutes of the first James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I betted women to prove my masculinity, betted them and threw them over my shoulder and went on to the next one. And I'm just so sorry for that. And I apologize to everyone I impacted. But I had that white male privilege and that kind of go get them attitude that was more popular in the 60s, that Harvey Weinstein kind of mentality. And I'm sick about it. I really, really am. I have to carry that into my grave. But today, I'm in counseling. I've been in counseling for 20 years, 30 years, and I'm better. I'm, I understand. My, the scales have fallen from my eyes. So, I'm, um, um, so I, I went in the Navy. And that was my geographic cure to get away from my family was to join the Navy to find a new place. And the Navy taught me how to brush my teeth and wash myself. And they taught me how to balance a checkbook. And I had a good job. And I, I had a good time in the Navy. <laughs> and I joined during the Vietnam War. And I mean, who does that? Especially a little queen. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I had to have a, I was underweight and I was underage. And I said, Mom, sign this. Okay. Mom, sign this. Okay. And I got my waivers and I was enlisted and I was in the Navy. So in the 70s, I was married. I was married. And oh, by the way, I cheat when I cheated with all these women, I was married. It didn't matter to me. I never had a hug in my life. I never had a I love you in my life. And I didn't know how. And I was a terrible husband. And I was a terrible father. Yes, I'm a father. And so I'm filled with regret. But I have learned that we don't go backwards. We don't dwell. We own up to what we did wrong and we go forward. And I'm doing the best I can today. And I have a boyfriend and he, he loves me and I love him. And it's incredible that I can actually say, I'm smiling. 
I didn't know how to smile. And Carolyn, I am filled. I had an empty, blackened, shriveled up little thing in there when I went in rehab for the third time, by the way, that was my soul. I had no hope. I had no love. I had no spirit. I had no compassion. I had no any of these attributes. And today I do. I got one little ember and I fanned it and it grew. And then, I mean, I don't want to say God, but somebody, something put a a family in front of me and I have a trans sister and a trans daughter and you can hear them up there giggling right now. And uh, I have a house. We own this house, if you could imagine. And I go to church. I go to the Unitarian Universalist Church and I love it. And I have a boyfriend. So doing the right things has paid off for me. And again, I don't mean that it needs to pay off. I don't. But I think you know what I'm trying to say. I have turned my life around. And I am a writer. And I'm I'm writing a novel, like you said, The Tales of Victoria. And uh, excerpts from it, I stand alone as free little stories, cute little stories. And I string them together to make the novel like Tales of the City. And I have a couple more works. So, and I also do a little stand-up. <laughs> and essentially, that's my story. And today, I'm proud, sober, happy to be here with you. Uh, happy to be transgender. I'll give up my mascara when they pry it from my cold, dead hand. Well, this is Carolyn Harding with Grassroots Ohio. And today, I'm talking with J.L. Terrell. She's a trans-Ohio woman, writer, and humorist. Thank you for giving us your story in the first half of our show, I've got some questions for you too. I'm curious, do you remember a moment of clarity, a decision to transition? First of all, <laughs> to become, to be open about your, were you gay? Were you straight? And then you transitioned? How did it go? Well, thank you. Because that, I, my story, I'm telling it without notes. I'm not reading a thing. It's just I'm telling you. And I seem to, every time I tell it, it's different. Sometimes I talk about the suicide attempts, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's humorous, and sometimes it's not. But you bring up some very good points that are typically in there. In in between wives, in the 70s, I tried to be gay. Yes, I tried to be gay. I said, I'm gay. And my friend said, of course you are, darling. (laughs) (laughs) went to gay bars you know i can remember the lights and the music and the thump 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 of the bass and the poppers on the dance floor and the drugs and i had boyfriends and we consummated our relationships as any couple would and uh but i never it was never right it was never right i said how come i'm not I'm not gay, Carolyn. I'm not. I'm a straight woman. Just, you know, I notice we're not swearing. Perhaps we won't swear. You should know that I'm a body B. <laughs> but um, I wasn't right. And I was just confused. So I, then I met another woman. My friend said, you've got to meet this woman. She's just like you. And she was just like me. And we were married that was my third wife. We were married for 28 years. 
Was she a trans woman or no? No, I was still living straight, but I was still using drugs, still cheating on her. Mm. But she was terrific, and I, she didn't deserve a bit of. And uh, today she's like my big sister. Mm. So I had a stroke. I have a lifetime of chronic depression, like major depressive disorder is my diagnosis. And uh, I was in rehab twice. And it, it the first time didn't take one bit, not one bit. The second time I stayed sober. My daughter was born. My I raised my daughter and she was 28 and she moved out. And at that point, I started taking drugs again. 28 years of sobriety. Mm. So that happened. But um, I had the stroke and I had subsequently I had a heart attack. If you've ever had one of those, those are fun. Mm. So I'm laying in the hospital bed wishing I was dead. And I said, why am I wishing I'm dead? I have a house. I have a wife. I have two cars. I have a beautiful daughter. I have a good job. And the voice came up to me, you're a woman. You're a woman. I am a woman. I've always been a woman. And I sat up in the hospital bed. My wife was sitting there and I said, I've got something really bad to tell you. What? And I said, I'm a woman. What? I'm a woman. She said, well, I didn't marry a woman. And she didn't. She didn't. And it's just another thing I've done to her. I've, of course, this one I didn't do to her, my psychologist would quickly say. But she has endured so much as a result of me. She needs a medal. But uh, so she left me. And um, I have told the nurses, the doctors, and anyone walking by the door, I'm a woman. And other trans girls I have met have said, well, I don't come out. It's a secret. Or I come out to get my mail and run back in the house. Seriously. Or I only dress on Thursdays. And I'm 65 years old. And I said, no. I just, okay, tits up. <laughs> That's my only swear. I went out the door and I never looked back. Wow. Wow. You find it finally, you finally accepted. I tried everything else. Yeah. And this time the sobriety worked. Yeah. Awesome. Tell me about Dale. You love words. You like to write and you like humor, of course. But where did, how was college or did you go to college or did you go to the Navy? Did you go to get a degree or not? No, I didn't get a degree, but I went to college and I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved my sociology teacher and my, uh, my uh, logic teacher and my, I took business, math and uh, accounting and all. Was I this mean, before the Navy? After. The after. GI Bill. The GI Bill. Oh, nice. Uh, uh-huh. and, and did you segue into writing just for your, like a journal? Well, okay. Well, the writing goes like this. And I didn't answer you with that last question. I kind of just muddled up the water with some other facts. But as a child, I always want, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a writer. 
Other people would say a spaceman or a cowboy or whatever. I said, I'm going to be a writer. But I never picked up a pencil. Never. Well, this last time I got sober, I started journaling. No, no, I'm sorry. When I transitioned, I started journaling. And I said much of kind of what I've said today in different words. And I thought I was a brilliant writer. No, I wasn't. But we learn as we go along. So then I, when I did go in, oh, I wrote something and I said, that could be a story. I mean, that could be a short story. And I flipped this and that and circled this and moved that paragraph over there and scratched that out. And it was a short story. And it's one of my short stories that's in my book. It's called We'll Always Have Paris. And so that's how my writing began. I did look at some of your entries. I enjoyed the one about Provincetown and oh. the tall and the tall ships. Oh, right, right. You're you're quite tall. What are you about six foot two? Uh, it's exactly right. That's a little scary. You guess yeah. my weight. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> and and what kind of career did you have? Like, what kind of work did you do through, throughout this very interesting life of yours? When I got out of the Navy, I needed a job. And so I went to the grocery store and I was, I went in at 17, so 21. I uh, got a job pushing carts. And then I got promoted to stock clerk. And then I was on the night shift, you know, and then I got promoted to had night shift. And then I worked as a cashier. And then I went into the office and assisted the head teller. And <laughs> Then I was an assistant manager, and that was Fazio's. And I would go around to different Fazio's. They would send me to different Fazio's when there were store openings or a manager was on vacation to assist. So that was kind of my – and then this was – they brought in the uh, scanners. They didn't used to have scanners. You know, boop, boop, boop. They had to, we had to put price tags on everything, and we had to scrape them off when there was a price change. And – well, they restructured everything, and Union Local 880 sold us down the river, created new positions at lesser pay, and all of our jobs were, like, obsolete. Then they offered us all a buyout, you know, and so I took the buyout, and I went and donated the money to Las Vegas, and, <laughs> and I came home and said, well, what am I going to do now? And I said, well... I can ring that register. My pen drawer was never off one penny. So I said I could be a cashier. I mean, a teller. This was back in the day when they used to have tellers. This is how old I am. So, um, yes, I got a job at a bank as a teller. And then I was assistant head teller. And then I was head teller. And then I was counselor. And then I was assistant manager. And I was going to other branches assisting them if there was a trouble, a balance. When they got the ATM machines, we all stood there and watched the first one. We were just mesmerized. When you transitioned, did you change your job? See, when I transitioned, when I had my stroke, I was disabled. Oh. So I sort of cheated because I never had to go out and present myself as a female I've been uh, on social security disability and then right into the old people's social security. Got it. Got it. I'm curious, 
what is your bliss? What what gives you great joy? Isn't that funny? I I wake up every morning like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, throw the curtains open and say, good morning, world. And I would have said to you, the old, bitter old me would have said, that's horseshit. And that's the second time I swore, and I apologize. But it's true. It's true. And to have a man that loves me for me. And I used to say I was born in the wrong body, but with him, for the first time, weirdly, I'm it's hard to even say out loud, I'm born in the right body. I'm in such a good place. I'm I'm so filled with love and and peace and calm. And these are not just words. And I'm grateful, grateful for my friends and grateful for my sobriety. I'm grateful to have met you and be here doing this today. I am grateful too. And we're getting near to the end. I just wanted to ask you, are you politically involved? What do you feel? How can we transition the Ohio State House to protect all people's rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Well, see, now I happen to know that you are an activist. I have seen you at work, <laughs> and I am not. I am just an old woman. But I'm reminded of the words of Martin Luther King, and I always get it wrong. And that should show that I'm not full of smoke here, because he says the arc of moral justice, and that's as much as I remember. But the gist of it is always going up. It might not be a straight line, but it's one step forward, two steps back sometimes, but it's always going up. And these people, I wanted to swear right now, and I consciously didn't, these people can kiss my butt. They can do what they want. They can pass whatever laws they want. It's not going to affect me at all. It's not. I'm going to go about my life just as I do with my head held high, making friends and meeting people. And if you don't like me, that's fine too. Well, thank you so much, JL, for joining me today on Grassroot Ohio. It was my pleasure, darling. All right. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio with JL Terrell, writer, humorist, currently writing her novel, The Tales of Victoria, which I'm going to be looking forward to reading. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN LPFM, Grassroot Ohio airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. at WCRS FM LP and at 4 p.m. at WEJP LP in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. Come down, come down, come down.